Hallelujah. Christ is risen. It is wonderful, absolutely wonderful to have you all here today. Wonderful indeed. I'm going to start my sermon today by honoring an ancient German Lutheran tradition. And that is to start the sermon with a joke, because the resurrection is the greatest joke God ever played on death and the evil one. So here it is. One Sunday morning, a church school teacher was working with the children, and she decided to test them concerning their knowledge about heaven. And so she asked if I sold my house and my car and gave all the money to the church, would that guarantee me a place in heaven? No, said the children. Well, if I am kind to all animals and love my family, will that guarantee me a place in heaven? No, said the children. Bursting with pride and about to ask the faith in Jesus question, she decided to be a bit more open-ended. And so she asked, so what do I have to do to get into heaven? Little five-year-old Johnny started waving his hand and said, you got to be dead. (laughs) And that, as you all know, is where Easter begins. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. She came to mourn for Jesus, her friend, her teacher, and the long-anticipated Messiah, he who had been killed. Humankind and the world had done their worst, and it did not seem that there was anything anybody could do about it except adjust. It was, as it were, all over. Without death, in one of its many forms, the passing of a friend or a loved one, the loss of a dream, the trashing of one human being by another, a broken relationship, Without those, one cannot tell the Easter story. Without death and mourning, Easter is no more than a gathering to give thanks for the coming of spring. But if God has the power to overcome anything nature and humankind can destroy, if God can reconnect and animate anything we have cut off, then resurrection can change our view of the world from being a place of death, fear, and scarcity into being a cornucopia of life, everlasting, overflowing, abundant life. 
So a few examples. When my father died quite suddenly in 1971, I woke up the next morning and my mother sent me off to the funeral home to make the arrangements for his burial. I had never been in a funeral home before. And if my brokenheartedness at the death of my father wasn't bad enough, it was not assisted in one little bit by being ushered into a room of caskets and then told by the undertaker that my father's last wish, which was that he be buried in a plain pine box, could not take place. He didn't have a plain pine box. One couldn't be found. No, my father's wish would go unanswered. Well, he and I argued for two and a half hours before he gave in. And then I drove home totally exhausted. I parked the car in front of the stone wall that is at the foot of the hill where my parents lived. And I took a deep breath, and I can remember this deep sigh about my father's passing. And then I looked up on the hill, and near the top of that hill was a stone garden. My mother and I had built a rock garden many years before. And that morning, up had risen an Easter lily, and it was in full bloom. Now, I don't know where you all grew up, but where I grew up, less than 20 miles from here, Easter lilies do not bloom in late October. <laughs> but there it was, blooming and trumpeting life, trumpeting for everyone to see and hear that death does not have the last word. God always has the last word. And that word is life. That word is love. That word is abundant life for all eternity. One of the reasons the church goes absolutely over the top on Easter Sunday with flowers, with music, with everything we know how to do is that we're trying to wake everybody up to the unbelievable abundance of God's love and God's mercy. Abundance of life everlasting life. But it's also about the abundance of mercy. About four or five years ago, after I'd finished the Easter services in the parish I was serving, 
I wandered back to my office. And there I found, as I did on most Sunday mornings, Hannah and Sarah Marshall. They knew I brought my dog to church. They couldn't own a dog, and so they snuck into my office after church and were petting Sammy. I walked in and sat down, and then I realized they had an additional agenda on this day. Hannah turned to me and said, Father Rice, we know God is all-powerful and can do absolutely anything. So why, why did it take God three whole days to raise Jesus from the dead? And I thought for a minute and said, well, you know, we're not absolutely positive why it took that long. But what a lot of us believe is that Jesus was not satisfied to go to heaven alone. In those days, death meant that you went to a nowhere's nothing place and you were disconnected from your loved ones, even from God. And Jesus could not abide that situation. So Jesus went looking for absolutely everybody that had died before him. So he could reconnect them with their loved ones, with each other, and with the God who loved them. That's the kind of God we have. He could not go to heaven unless he brought everybody else with him. Because his tomb was empty, so did everybody else's tomb have to be empty. And Hannah, it took a long time to find Adam and Eve. <laughs> now, before you write me off, it's just full of the joy and giddiness of this day. I know it has been a hard year for the world. There is a lot of debt. And there have been earthquakes and tsunamis and nuclear accidents. And any number of our children are having trouble finding jobs. But as I started, that's why Easter is so powerful. Easter does not promise us stability and safety in the midst of the chaos of the world. But it does promise us surprise and possibility and assures us that nothing is powerful enough to overcome the will of God. No wall 
is too tall for God to overcome it. The God that could raise Jesus from the dead with our help can roll away any stone and make abundant mercy, abundant life, and abundant possibility available for us all. So we sing on this day and we give thanks on this day for life, for love, mercy, and the power that is with us and promises us a joyous future. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.